and welcome to another episode of the No Cash, No Code podcast. It's episode six. It feels like we only just began the season. We're covering game week seven and eight. So it's another bumper episode. Strap yourselves in. Um, as ever, I'm joined by the two people currently um, in the same virtual room as me, unlike the last episode. Um, I've got Tom and I've got Andre. Tom, how are you? Yeah, very well indeed. Hello, gentlemen. Um, really nice to be back with you. It felt very strange recording on my own. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm pleased to have an audience. Yes, it's good. It's, <laughs> at least we have each other. Andre, this time we have you live and in person rather than uh, voice notes. We are always, we always have an audience and all men, all six members of our listening crew uh, gave us shout outs for last week's work, guys. Well done, team. Uh, that was a phenomenal effort put together. Thank you so much, Jeff, for stitching it. And thank you again, Tom, for driving us to get it done. I am quasi excited to talk about where we are today, although the last result of the week obviously um, puts me in a slightly different mindset about football in general, but we push on. We, we have to push on because lots has happened. And if, if, not, if we've not learned nothing else this year, it's that these game weeks are, are actually becoming pairs of polar opposites. So what, we, what happened in seven didn't happen in eight and what happened in eight certainly didn't happen in seven. So Tom, why don't you start us off with a recap of game week seven? Well, I mean, let's let's start off with what definitely didn't happen in game week eight. Uh, so game week seven was the week that Arsenal won at Old Trafford. Um, it was the week that Bale scored his first goal back for Spurs. It was the week that Mitrovic bagged his first ever assist from what I can work out and then managed to get a second one as well. Uh, and it was the game week where undoubtedly the best match of the week in what was a relatively normal Fancy football game week was at uh, Villa Park, where James Ward-Prowse put on a free-kick clinic um, as Saints scored four. But Grealish continued to make a mockery of his fancy football price. Um, and Villa very, very nearly stole a point at the end. 4-3 that game ended. Um, that was certainly the game of the week. Uh, but um, there was also a lot of fancy points flying around. Yeah, the big one for me, I think, was the Villa, Villa result. So many managers of the league holding that Villa keeper and that really, really kind of brought things down a peg or two um, as far as scoring went. That was one of those Definitely. games, the Villa, Villa Southampton games, where you remember what time zone you were in if you're a guy like me. I went to bed as a Southampton asset owner, pretty happy with life in general, and woke up disgusted <laughs> to see that there were points flying out left, right and centre to Grealish owners, um, which is a lovely segue because I've got the first of the awards, which is pick, and Grealish obviously is there or thereabouts. He is amongst the winners, or would have been, apart from the usual no cash, no code caveat, which is if a person is owned by too many people, you're very unlikely to get pick of the week around these parts. But well done, Grealish owners. Um, uh, Grealish was one of the highest scorers. There was also Wilson, who somehow continues to score points despite playing very little football at all, from what I can see from the limited highlights I've uh, caught. Nevin continues his, um, well, his consistency by being a Wilson mm -hmm. owner, so he gets a shout-out for this award. Um, 
So Grealish, Wilson, two of the names you need to have to be in contention. Bob's a Grealish owner and a Wilson owner. Johnson, who we're going to get onto again later, also a Grealish beneficiary along with Ade, Aaron and Will DeBoos. Way too many names, so you're discounted. Vardy, somehow still much less owned. So you've got a Nick Mick and you've got a Steve who own both. It really is. You've got a a Nick Mick and a Steve uh, Stuckling, uh, both mates. We both know that they're Vardy lovers from last year's photo. Both Grealish owners as well. That would normally be enough to get you a shout at winning the title. But uh, for pick of the week, I've stopped at one man. I have gone with Kurt Zuma. There are three owners of Zuma. Zuma, no goals, no assists last season. He's on for his all-time career best this year with three <laughs> goals and got a goal in game week seven. So the runners and riders for pick of the week as Zuma owners are Tom Everett, Jay Brick, and Johnny Satford. I controversially once gave an award out to more than one owner in this <laughs> very room. It was booed and chastised. My own game, quite frankly. Uh, but I have learned from that. Um, the community, thanks guys, all six, uh, also let me know that, that is not okay. Um, if you're going to do a podcast once a millennium, you at least have to do the awards properly. So I'm going to split the hairs as to who is the Zuma owner who gets pick of the week. Uh, you've got Johnny Sapford. He gets extra credit for having Wilson. You've got uh, Tom Everett, who gets discounted for having Zuma on his bench the previous week. And so that's more of him learning a lesson, (laughs) having lost nine points the previous one. So discounted. So it's a straight up tie between Jay, Brick and Johnny. When you bring a guy in, when he's your only transfer of the week and it's a 14-point haul, as it was for Jay Brick, that's what pick of the week is supposed to be about. Well done. When everyone else was going on a bench, you will bang. And Jay said, no, I want some Zuma in my life. Gets the 14 points. Gets the pick of the week. Congratulations, sir. Well played. How does that fix him up, Jay, in terms of team of the week? Oof. Well, that is... That's a strong shout. I love the way you've reached back into game week six for, for some additional context for your nominees and winners. Um, so I think team of the week is always a little bit more interesting when it's a lower scoring week, you know. And this week, the game week seven we're talking about was exactly that. You know, the, the nominees are they're pushing the heady heights of 60 points, 60 something points. That's where we're, we're talking this week. Usually it's in the 80s. Um, so nine managers broke the 60-point barrier. And that's obviously after I adjusted the totals for the minus fours. So that's why obviously. Tom, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about you in this, in this group, unfortunately. Um, your minus four just ducked you out of that 60-point-plus group. But um, it was actually four Listen other up, managers. You need to have seen his face at that moment. That was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Any way to keep him out of team of the week. I know, right? I was like, oh, I, Louis, I was fast enough to screenshot that. That was brilliant. Uh, we obviously don't discuss who's won what award, so this is a surprise to Tom there. Uh, and he's, he's not pleased. Well, anyway, I, 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 I suspect Tom, Tom was not on the edge of his seat with his 59 points expecting team of the week. Chat. No. Um, so, but there were actually four managers in that group of nine, 60-somethings that took the minus four. Um, in the case of... Aaron Mack and Will DeBoos. I think there'll be sections of their fans that will that will say that was quite frivolous spending is the reason they missed out on, on Team of the Week spending those minus fours. <laughs> fans of Ade will be upset for a different reason because he's not getting Team of the Week um, because 
his bench actually was what hurt him. I think, you know, he could have been eight points better off if he had gone with uh, the Newcastle flying winger that nobody appreciates still, St. Maximan. And the Southampton, well, Southampton assets all over the place this episode, Vestergaard. Um, if he'd had them in his starting lineup rather than his bench, I think Ade would have been pretty much nailed on for team of the week. Um, also in the running were Nick Mick, aforementioned Steve Suckling, Tom Everett, and unsurprisingly for his consistency this year in the running was Nevin for a strong week. But it was Bob who ultimately got my pick for team of the week. And despite a very big Lamptey snub, he comes out as top of the scorers by any way you cut it. Um, the very, very top of all the scorers, 68 points, which is short in any, any way you're, you want to look at it by the standards of this league, but he's still the top. And I think it's hard to look past the top scorer in such a low scoring week. So for me, very briefly, Bob, congratulations. I imagine though, the Lamptey shout the Lamptey snub by our Team of the Week winner, Bob, is a neat segue for you, Tom, for the hurt of Game Week 7. It certainly does Darcy. feature, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, wonderful segue there. Um, and Lamptey's nine points did sit on a number of benches. We also had, quite, we've got a lot of Ryans um, as the set-and-forget goalkeeper. You might remember this was the week that the Brighton manager, for some reason, decided that he needed a rest the goalkeeper Same, after yes. six games um, and uh, replaced him with some bloke who'd, who'd, who'd never been heard of by Brighton fans um, and certainly wasn't. I'm not sure he was actually on the FPL game. Um, and so quite a lot of managers who went with Ryan have a Brighton goalkeeper as their backup just in case Ryan doesn't play. And then he picks a guy who, who nobody's ever heard <laughs> of. just signed off the street the that day. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So there were, there were quite a lot of teams playing with 10. Um, there was a team playing with nine. Um, that was George Johnson. Um, more of him later. He's not won this award. Um, he, even with nine, his 49 points beat our champion, Freddie Williams. 47 points, only just scraping into the top five million in the world for the game week. Um, he played with 10 with no goalkeeper. His entire goalkeeper in defence scored a monstrous three points for him this week. Um, so a little bit of hurt for the champion, which is always nice to see. Bob uh, left Lamptey on the bench, as you mentioned. Um, and that was particularly bad, I think, because he was playing four defenders. Um, so Lamptey couldn't even, couldn't even squeeze into a back four. Uh, bit of hurt for me this week with Podence, uh, Podence on the bench. He's a guy who I've been holding on to for way too long. Um, I was I was on the bandwagon early and I was off it late. It's the story of my FPL career. Um, the the Tom Maxwell points, manoeuvre. Correct. <laughs> his eight points was sat on my bench. Um, but the, the top two, so John Missouri, uh, a monstrous 15 points on his bench, which in such a low scoring week um, is always going to hurt. But the hurt of the week goes to man that Andre snubbed um, for his pick of the week, and that's Johnny Sapsford. I mean, he's, he's gone from hero to zero here, in with a shout for pick, now winning the herd. <laughs> Why, you ask? Um, this is a man who actually had a pretty, pretty good one, 57, 57 points. Um, Andre had to dip back into game week six for, for his pick of the week. I'm dipping, dipping back into game week five, just to tell you a little bit 
about the relationship that Johnny Satchford has with James Rodriguez. Um, now, he was brought into Johnny's side in uh, as part of his wild card in gate week five. This nearly became an even better story, um, but I, I was getting confused because he also had Jay Rodriguez in his squad for game week two before <laughs> taking him out in game week three. Um, obviously, in the transfer pages, it just says Rodriguez, and I saw the name six times, and I was getting very excited that we might have an Adé special. Another. Um, instead, let me tell you, he was brought in game week five on the wild card. Hammers scored four points that week, so a pretty decent start. Um, game week six, you will remember uh, that Hammers was out, and so he made the very quick switch to uh, Wilf Saha, who scored 13 points that week. That's a terrific option, um, and you could tell that his confidence was incredibly high having made that sort of one week change he brought him in uh, he brought him straight back in um for game week seven but who did he take out jack Grealish. <gasps> hammers rodriguez oh. scored zero points in game week seven oh. he scored two points and with i know this is slightly cheating because we've had game week eight <laughs> two points in game week eight Grealish scores more points again he even took a four-point hit. He even oh. took a four-point hit to bring uh, James Rodriguez back in for Grealish. So for for the minus four plus his fifteen points, that's sorry, sixteen points. The difference between Grealish and J Rod in the last two game weeks—that's twenty-one points, which would see Johnny Sapsford instead oh. of in eighteenth place, he'd be in tenth in no cash, no code. Wow, and that really is going to hurt. That, that is some one. wonderful coulda, shoulda, woulda. That is brilliant <laughs> stuff. Hero to zero, indeed. Oh, ow, ow. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to question you. You said Greedish scored again the next week, but he played Arsenal, so that's very unlikely. <laughs> uh, what day. is next? Had a day. <laughs> Loved it. Again what is next on the docket? Um, before we race ahead, actually, Tom, uh, because I'm intrigued by something I've been meaning to ask you guys, and we haven't had a chance to all kind of get together for a few weeks now, is the um, these the James Rodriguez story. Um, he was left out completely, then brought back in. Is this? And I and I always I never I try not to ask you guys, not because I don't think you have the answers, but because you know you don't want this to become a you know. Um, I'm a football expert kind of show, but is there is there a genuine bandwagon here with James Rodriguez yet still to jump on, or has that flame now kind of died down? Are they going to revert back to type in the blue half of Merseyside? I'm just um, having a quick look at the league table, and um, having just seen that I am 24th, I am happy to leave this one to Tom Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> and and I would like to say that I did come on this podcast specifically to be a football pundit. So I, I'm pleased that you've asked the question. Finally, you've um, waited long enough, Tom. I've, I've waited for this moment. Uh, I, I, I have personally never owned James Rodriguez and that was starting to look like a really, really bad decision after, I think, was it game week four where he, where he went really big? Um, yeah. Having watched him play last week, uh, in their game against, who did Everton play last week? Manchester United. Um, I think what we're going to see from James is that he's the sort of man who in a really, really big game 
when the chips are down and you really need someone to actually be able to run, he's going to be, he's going to be a terrible man to have in your team. Uh, against the Fulhams, the West Broms, when you've got all the possession and he could just wander around, um, I, think, I think he'll continue to score points. But I, I, I doubt we will see more people jumping on the bandwagon. I think it's more likely to go the other way. He reminds me a whole lot of Juan Mata when he played for Chelsea. When we had the ball and we were playing well, it was great. When we didn't and we weren't, it was, uh, it was like having a, a man less on the pitch. I, I think it's going to be more binary. I, I think it comes down to someone else. Like I'm probably the only person in just checking the ownership stats in the whole of fantasy football who doesn't have Dominic Calvin-Lewin. I just don't think Everton are a double attack uh, worthy squad. So you, you've got to pick your poison and between those two, it's not even close. Mm. Despite the fact I still don't have him in my team. He's easily fantasy player of the year so far this year. Did I mention he's not in my team? He's fantasy player of the year. <laughs> so like, it's the, I think those who doubled up the first time that, uh, that Everton had their inevitable were not actually that good, which happened against Southampton. Suddenly you're looking at blanks all over the place. So I agree. I don't think we're going to see an awful lot of hammers, which means everyone listening to this, don't get him. I will then zag and continue to fly down the same. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I think <laughs> can, I, can I just make one point about Dominic Carvert-Lewin, which is that he is £1.7 million more expensive than Patrick Bamford, who scored more points than him. So I'm not sure that DCL can possibly be uh, player of the season so far. I reckon Bamford and Grealish both would, uh, uh, would, would would force their way into that conversation. I will answer that with the theoretical, if a guy scores a goal in the woods and no one's there to see it, like Bamford's goals have sat on benches <laughs> or, or in the FBL halls of non-selected, so it doesn't count. Like you gotta, It's got to affect the table when the man scores a point. Uh, when DCL scores, to be fair, it doesn't really affect the table apart from uh, the, the minority uh, of stupid right. people. But yeah, obviously points per million, there's no contest, but uh, well, the, I, the true I, value for me. I think I think Bamford, uh, Bamford, Grealish, they are definitely in with shouts to be fantasy players of the month. You know, if nothing else, they would be they would be right up there for player of the month. But we're it's amazing still... we're talking about player of the month while owning none of them, Jeff Brown. Well, <laughs> no, I, look, I I for a long time have realised where my skills lie, and it's not in it's not in picking bandwagons before they emerge. I will jump. I will get. It's producing. It's podcasting. Okay. I will get on Grealish at a, at a point in time when he's probably, you know, one yellow card away from a suspension and, you know, falling out with the fans and breaking COVID rules. Um, but let's, we have finished a month. Let's talk about the month that was um, because, well, there's, there's one more award to give out at this point in the year. Over to Tom, yeah. because you have been brilliant in following this story. Um, I've had regular updates on a man that we all know and we all talk about, but please, over to you. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a real... If you know the story of Icarito, uh, this, this was a real Icarito story. George Johnson going into this game week off the back of a fabulous month. Um, we talked about it all the way through the month, the way that he just picks his moment. He picks... When we're all at our weakest, he, he has his moment in order to try and take home some cash. Um, and he went in with a 17-point lead as manager of the month uh, in the month of October. And then I mentioned it briefly in the hurt. I didn't want didn't to give it too much airtime just because it's such a spectacular story. We all logged on to Fantasy Football after that, that sort of surprise start of the game week on the Friday night, which certainly threw a few. And George Johnson's team... 
uh, had <laughs> had so many red marks over their player over the players that it became pretty clear pretty quickly that he completely missed the game week. Um, it got worse for him because Rodriguez didn't start, Ake didn't start, and Dina didn't start. On top of that, he's got a goalkeeper in Button who doesn't play, and Hagazi, who's uh, who's been sold by West Brom but is somehow still uh, in in George Johnson's squad despite not playing in the Premier League anymore. Um, and then and then Luke Ayling chucked in a, a zero himself um, for the week despite actually playing ninety minutes, and so suddenly. Uh, George was playing effectively with eight. Um, and the question was always going to be, could he keep his 17-point lead with only eight players? Uh, and um, it was fabulous to watch. Uh, he got big points from Grealish, um, which got him into the last game of the game week, uh, the Fulham match, needing seven points from his last player, who was Mitrovic. Already mentioned earlier in the show, Mitro got two assists which got him to eight points, um, which was enough to win the Manager of the Month competition by one point. Um, from Bob, who had a spectacular week as well. Uh, Nick Mick, another very good week um, from him, got him into third. Uh, Ade in fourth and Damien in fifth. So some really good names, some names that you, you wouldn't necessarily expect to be at the top of the Manager of the Month piles. Um, but George Johnson takes the cash. Congratulations. George forgot. George missed the deadline. He texted me straight after. Uh, oh no, basically. Uh, I've cleaned it up for the podcast. Uh, oh no, I've missed the deadline. But he was well aware he was in contention. So it was edge of squeaky bum time the entire weekend for George <laughs> from the very, very get-go. Um, he is now not George, the longest running person not to win any money in no cash, no code, obviously, as of this year. He is now Mr. October. That is the second October manager of the month for George Johnson in a statistical anomaly that I just can't get my head around. But yeah, so we know for next year, put your money on early. This is when uh, it is his time to shine. And I am disgusted that he's managed to win manager of the month without even logging in and fielding a team of eight. <laughs> if it was possible for me to dock someone, um, I, that was, George was obviously seeing stop the count as soon as those last neutral, uh, <laughs> someone was gonna get in here. I, 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 got in had to. I shoehorned it in there. Uh, anyways, George, uh, George, congratulations on your back-to-back -back October manager of the months. And I guess that means we're now into the next month. So let's start talking about the present game week eight. But let's do that after a short interlude. Welcome back, everyone. We are now moving on to look at game week eight, the uh, the weekend just been. Um, and I'm going to just give you a quick recap. This was a week probably most well known for Mr. Lookman's Penenka penalty uh, and the hurt that it gave some of the managers in our league, including one of my fellow guests on this podcast. Um, that was enough to give... My West Ham defender, six points. Uh, it oh. was probably the best moment of any game week so far, knowing that Andre Clark <laughs> was a Lookman owner. Um, Harry Kane uh, left it late and eased the pain on myself and the others who had captained him. A late, late winner for Spurs. 
Villa, well, they thumped Arsenal at the Emirates, gave them an absolute lesson. Um, <laughs> Grealish again, just running <laughs> the show. how to play football. It really was. It really was. I genuinely don't remember Arsenal even having a kick. Um, and the game of the week, as it was supposed to be, was City-Liverpool. And the first half was as good as it gets. Um, but both teams, they're just playing so much that they ran out of puff, according to the managers, as if they're not playing exactly the same amount of football as <laughs> half of the Premier League. Um, and Leicester City went top of the league. Is there any chance that that could happen again? Um, listeners may remember that Leicester winning the title last time precipitated my best ever fantasy football finish. Um, <laughs> That's what they remember. So <laughs> that, is, that is the main thing. Even Leicester City fans come up to me in the street and they say, I'm so pleased we won the league for you. Um, you so have enjoyed was, this section way too much for my liking. <laughs> it's, it's basically a recap of the week and my life. That's what I see it as. Um, so let's, uh, let's ask someone else to do some talking. Jeff, you've got pick of the week. I do. Jeff, can I jump in quickly beforehand? I'd like to, to put a couple of rebuttals out there. Uh, so, you can, uh, I might edit them out. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Listener, the Lookman owner thing, like not only was that so painful as a Lookman owner watching the Penenka, uh, the, the wonderful difference in time zones mean I found out live because Tom Maxwell decided to text me as it was happening at what must have been four in the morning for me. So thanks a lot for that. To then couple it with my team getting a lesson in football is brilliant. But uh, in the interlude, I used the time in the same way that the uh, listener probably would have done. And I'd like to come back to your James Hameses, Tom Maxwell. Icarito, is that the Latin cousin of Icarus? Because I'm very confused by that reference you had in the first half. Uh, yes, it is. It is what those of us who are so familiar with Icarus call him as a sort of slang, a tale of endearment, if you will. A small anyone, Icarus. I like it. If anyone, if anyone is familiar with the um, the, the Golf Channel, no laying up, uh, they will get the Icarito reference. Um, but uh, you're right; that I isn't mean, actually his name. That's what people come here for. Golf references or safe channels and horse racing anyway. one <laughs> broadcasting outlet to another. Yeah, and, and we're not getting paid by knowing laying up, so let's not mention them again. But if anyone does like golf and likes videos of people playing golf, go and check them out. Anyway, Jeff, Over to pick Jeff. of the week. Oh, gosh. Okay, um, pick of the week, game week eight. Ooh, deep breath here, boys. So I really like what you did with Pick of the Week, Andre, for Game Week 7. You talked about ownership, and ownership has been something that, it's a segment we had last year in parts, and we've not really had the time to really kind of jump into ownership a lot. So I'm going to try the ownership route for my Pick of the Week 8. So I've gone ahead and pulled the the top league performance, right? So the top players in FPL for Game Week 8. And then I just check to see if managers have them, right? Makes sense in, in my head anyway. Um, and actually, Pick of the Week 8 kind of describes this season um, because we have players from Brighton, we have players from Palace, we have West Ham, we have Southampton. There's no Liverpool, there's no City. It's a very kind of this, it's a very current, it's a very on-trend kind of week, representative of the season we're having so far. So there's 11 players in my shortlist of those who performed well in eight. And so first of all, I wanted to get out of the way those who have, who are zero owned. So no managers in our league own them. Like you said before, 
they they're doing well or otherwise makes no difference to us so these could have been really good differential picks by the way for for the likes of you know well me actually but you know that's <laughs> it is what it is right um we had doherty who i actually started the season with doherty from tottenham um he's owned by no one veltman owned by no one and armstrong also no owners in our league I was actually convinced the next owner would be owned, but the next player, sorry, would be owned by at least one manager. With a team name like Easy Cash, I was convinced. I went straight to Ali Maxwell's team because <laughs> I knew there is no way. Of course. He would not have this 22-year-old from Greenwich, Nigerian parents. I checked his Wikipedia. Ebony Classic Ali pick. <laughs> Ezzy. Because Ali would have been aware of, of his time at QPR, you see. He even had a loan spell with um, the Chair Boys, also known as Wickham Wanderers. Andre, if you're wondering who the Chair Boys are. Um, he did really this well. This is strong Wikipedia work. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you know, 22, 22 games, he netted five. Someone prepared today. Alone, right? I'm thinking, this is it. This is an Ali pick all over, right? That double against Cambridge United, I know would have been Ali's, on Ali's mind. When he went and set up his team at the beginning of the year, he's like, easy cash, that's going to be my team name. Easy is from Crystal Palace is going to be in my team. No bones about it. He's, he's going to be the mainstay, um, much like the Ings um, debacle last year. But he, he, wasn't, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. So no, no pick of the week. No one owns Easy. Um, one of the top performers last week. So we move on. Um, we move on. There are, there are players, however. Who, who are owned, who did well last week. And I think the headline player was Bruno Fernandes. A good week, 17 points. Three managers benefited from what might be, I suppose, a return to popularity of one of last season's must-haves. We also have Walker Peters, who's continuing his march from differential to bandwagon. Ten managers have him. Three left him on the bench, but ten managers have him. So, you know, kind of by, by that way, we're kind of going to discount any of those managers from from pick of the week target um really he still keeps getting overlooked and i think maybe after this weekend managers are going to start waking up three own him but only one started him good work jay brick um almost back-to-back -back picks for you there but um tom maxwell nevin decided to leave him on the bench uh, we had suchek as well did well this weekend just gone um i don't know who like where these managers are getting the knowledge from, but to pick Suchek, a defensive midfielder from the Czech Republic um, in the West Ham team. And, you know, he, he actually is in five squads. Two teams started him. Congrats to Colin and Ed Mullane on, on the Suchek shout. Great pick. Um, we had Watkins turning up again for a big game. Do we want to spend a bit more time talking about Watkins' performance? Um, no, no. Really, really, really great game. I mean, he just goes to strength to strength. He just makes football look easy, doesn't he? Um, Fine. Um, two managers had him. Um, uh, Dylan actually left him on the bench, um, which is a shame. But we only have one winner because we have a top performing player of the week who only one manager owned, who no one would have saw coming. This manager has owned this player from day one, from day one. And I think this is, this is one of those times where we don't often get to say this, but congratulations, Colin Dash, pick of the week, 
Lucas Fabianski. What a day he had. Mm. I, I mean, you've got to benefit somewhere, right? He benefited oh Lord. from... <laughs> a, oh my goodness. That's right. That's right. <laughs> this is a travesty. <laughs> You're going to ask I'm me. sending my lawyers in. I'm questioning <laughs> everything that's happening in the second half of this podcast. <laughs> Lucas Fabianski had a hell of a day. He even managed to face a penalty that wasn't scored. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations to Colin Dash on your game week eight pick of the week. With that being said... I mean, I'm Sorry, I'm glad, the, I'm glad you didn't use the word saved on that penalty. That was very nice. It wasn't scored. <laughs> Uttered it down. <laughs> <laughs> Threw his tap uh, on it, I think is what they yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, uh. So how does that play into, do any of those names, I know I've probably stepped all over your toes there, Tom. Team of the week for game week eight. Well, it's interesting that I, I think what you've proven there is that many people in no cash, no code, not many people in cash, no cash, no code had any of the players who scored all the points last week. Um, but realistically, game week eight was, I would say, a, a decent performance um, from the majority of no cash, no code. The game week average was 55 points. There were only five managers below that line. Um, they include my two uh, podcast hosts, uh, co-hosts, Hello. and my brother. So when will this I episode mean, end? <laughs> it's a it's a really good start when you're given team of the week and you and you have a look through the numbers to see your brother Andre and Jeff in the bottom five, along with our friend George Johnson. Icarito, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> He's won his cash, and now that's him done for the year. Second worst. Uh, along, along also with another man we've mentioned uh, this week already in Johnny, uh, who also had a bit of a stinker. Um, but those, so those five, definitely not team of the week. They were the only ones below the game week average. Um, Seventy plus was what you needed to be in the conversation. Um, there were seven of those including myself, but we'll brush over that quickly. Uh, so congratulations to Nick Mick, to Nevin, and to Tom Everett, who continues to have this extraordinary season of being in, uh, in, in Team of the Week conversation one week and then down the bottom the next. He, um, he really is uh, making a mockery of his pre-season prediction in, in the mid-table at the moment and doing a cracking job of it. Um, but none of them were, were quite there. 73 points got you third place. That was Dylan. Um, who, as you mentioned, Jeff, had Watkins on his bench. Think how big that could have been if he'd been starting, particularly given he played the lesser-spotted 4-5-1, um, which, uh, which is, <laughs> is always, always nice to see in the league. You don't get it often. Second place, another man that we don't mention often in these, in these sort of conversations, Noel Marshall, um, 76 points, by far his best week of the season. Um, and also only one of only three weeks that he hasn't taken a hit yet this season. So he's clearly still settling on his, uh, on his team. Um, again, Suchek's nine on the bench. Uh, so he could easily have made it into the 80s. But there was only one man in the 80s, and that was Tom Kane. He has also had a very topsy-turvy season. He's had four weeks so far where he's been below 
three and a half million in the world, including one where he dropped over one million places in one game week during game week three. Um, outside of that, though, he has been excellent. Uh, and this was his best week to date. Um, he did take a points hit uh, to bring in Grealish and Werner, who both scored points. He captained Kane. But he all, the, the big differential for him was 33 points from his goalkeeper and three defenders. McCarthy in goal and bonus points for Chilwell, Water, Walker Peters and Kufal, who's a terrific pick from West Ham. I think we're going to see a lot Fantastic more of him work. in the coming weeks. <laughs> 81 points with the minus four hit still makes him the top point scorer in the week. Uh, so Tom Kane wins team of the week. Fantastic work. That's a really good shout. These picks, the, these teams are being carried by players that are just so far away from what we saw, you know, no Kevin De Bruyne, no Salah, no Mane. These teams are being built. These teams of the week are being built on some wonderfully new and exciting and interesting picks. I think that levels out. At least it kind of stops this, you know, homogenous team that we saw. Maybe it will happen second half of the season. But for me, it was like when we got into the spring of last season, it was like you could pick eight out of everybody's 11 starters, right? You, could, you didn't even have to look at them, whereas now it's like, just random scorers everywhere. I think, you know, Southampton are going to continue to kind of go on this amazing kind of point scoring. I know, Andre, you were kind of early on Che Adams. Unlucky Southampton hours. Jeff has just ruined your team. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody seems to be like, okay, is it going to be Shea Adams going forward or is it going to be, you know, how do you double up? That's, I mean, I can't believe you're saying it. Do you double up on Southampton assets going forward? You know, this is this is I mean, the weirdest. Most, most teams have two. McCarthy is, and we're going to get onto this on the Hurt side of things, but McCarthy is heavily owned. Then you've got KWP, who's heavily owned and doing incredibly well. And then you've got guys like me who picked Adams at the beginning and then out of just pure stupidity, held him through zero goals, zero goals, zero goals, zero goals. And I've lucked into a bit of form from him. But yeah, I, I, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I think, as Tom said in the first half, like is this that Leicester season where... We really don't know who's going to win the league. And there is enough of a bounty between the players that we can all have very different teams, which is why we're having such bipolar results. Like we mentioned, what, four different managers who are good one week, poor the other. And yet we haven't bothered to mention the name Freddie Williams because he's just doing Freddie Williams things. As much as we're all bouncing up and down, there he is, ominously hanging around, allowing Nevin to take the headwind as, as it is once before we hear that final bell and we see Freddie do Freddie stuff. But yeah, as, he's, as different as- Andre, he's only, he's, he's only 350,000th in the world, which would, which would be his, wow. his equal wow. worst performance in FPL of all time if it finished today. So he's giving us all a chance. He's saying, lads, this can be your season. I'm having a quiet one. <laughs> and yet he's still second in the league. Liverpool. Still Same in the top, five, top four or five in the league. Still going to win it, but allowing Aston Villas and Southamptons to be top. Sorry, Nevin, that was really disrespectful, especially as I picked you to be uh, one of the potential winners overall. Anyway, so uh, game week eight. We've done lots of pleasure. Let's do a little bit of pain. Uh, full caveat, I've had to edit this one because there is so, so, so much hurt going around that this, would be, this could be a podcast on its own, just doing the hurt. Some of the highlights, um, well, they're names that you guys have just both dropped in teams of the week and picks of the week because um, the points came from everywhere. So 
pardon me, West Ham players were no end of uh, source of pain and points for people, um, both in defence and the Suchek, which uh, lets us all know how little research Jeff does pre-season, because he was definitely someone everyone else was talking about. Um, you've got the... None uh, whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. The avoidance of that. <laughs> the question on Suchek and West Ham in general was, do you hold them for the eight bad pitches? What am I talking about? I'm bottom of the league. I'm sorry. I apologise. <laughs> uh, so anyway, you had West Ham players. You had a Villa defence that was, let's say, unexpected, just, just for the sake of it. We had Burnley clean sheet, Brighton clean sheet, Southampton clean sheet. All of these points left on the bench, left, right and centre. We had a certain target. Proving he can't get it right every week. Nevin had target with 11 points sitting on his bench. Honourable mention to T Max, who wildcarded and still managed to leave target on his bench for 11 there. Since we're talking about Maxwell's, shout out to Ali, who managed to nail Pep Roulette with not one, but two Man City players that both didn't play. Didn't start, didn't play. Mares and Foden both nil poids. None of that's going to be good enough this week. Um, these are just highlights because the hurt is really, well, it, it's deep. So... Here is my short list for her winners. John Nazori, we're going straight to bench points here. John Nazori, 21 points. Uh, McCarthy and a KWP, the double up of Southampton, aforementioned, and Lamptey for 21. Uh, you have Kinder with probably the best bench of 20 points I have ever seen. Rashford, Vardy, Dominic Calvin-Lewin. These are names you build your team around for most of us. What was he doing? I mean, that's a lot of cash that has been just frivolously left on the bench in a lesser spotted, I believe that's another 4-5-1, the weirdest bench of all time. I almost reached out to him, but I didn't want to uh, affect the honesty and purity of this pod, but I will go straight to him after this is recorded. Um, and then we have Jeff Brown. Jeff Brown, 21 oh. points. Mm. Jeff's 21 was only outdone by one, which was Bob. Uh, Bob, 25. Jeff, Bob, stand down. You both got six points from McCarthy on your bench, but both had starting goalkeepers in Ryan and Martinez, who got six points for you anyway. So a de facto 19 takes you just below the Kinder, John Nazori um, leadership for the Hurt Award. So well done on contending there, Jeff. Um, that's why you weren't allowed to talk about this sector. So John Nazori versus Kinder, who is going to take the award for all of the pain? Kinder's wonderful bench of Rash Rashford, Vardy, DCL should get it on its own. John has one more point. It's only one, though. Those names are expected to be left in a game week like that. So we go to extra time. We go to transfers. John Nazori, 21 points. But part of that 21 points is Cresswell, who scored, sorry, part of his better scores was Cresswell, who got him six. Cresswell was his transfer for the week taking out 11-point target. So actually, it's not just 21. There's another five knocking around. That's 26. That's comfortable. John Nazori, I'm very happy to say, especially with all the text messages you've sent me this season so far, congratulations on a very well-earned hurt of the week for game week eight. And here is your moment in the sunshine on the podcast. Welcome back to No Cash, No Code. It's like nothing's ever changed. Glad to see you here. Uh, so that, that is me for the hurt. Um, do we have any other uh, business? I no, I'm 
I mean, welcome back, John Nazuri. I, I'm glad I managed to duck that one. Uh, I was bracing myself all this whole episode. Kind of, as it, when you sent out the agenda and kind of blocked me out of, of her to game week eight, I thought, oh no, here we go, here we go. It's not going well for me. Um, but glad, glad to see John taking the bullets on that one. Um, no, no, no more business for me, um, Tom. No, nothing more for me. That was fabulous hurt, Andre. Um, I remember you mentioning, I think, was it uh, a couple of weeks ago that, that somebody had scored 20 points on their bench and that that might be the record? And watching through this game week where the numbers were just ticking up and up and up, I was thinking we were, we were in for a new record. It was challenging. So John's de facto 26 puts him in second behind 27 from last week, uh, which I believe is Steve. Yeah, Steve Suckling is still holding on to his Hurt of the Season title. Shout out to you, actually, for the Assist on Hurt Award. Uh, Tom did keep me uh, posted as, as the week was going on. And a shout out to Steve, who's embracing his, um, his title from last week. Uh, it was a fantastic email. It, it, enjoying, basking in the pain. The Sheldon Freider, I guess, of his own team. So that's it from me as well. Lads, it's been great looking forward to the next one absolutely thanks so much um we will we will be back this has been a wonderfully long podcast hope you've enjoyed it and thank you so much tom thanks andre um we'll be back in a fortnight to cover game weeks nine and ten see ya thanks chaps